Although many households avoid discussions of money matters, a shocking number of families lose assets and peace of mind when a family member passes. But it doesn't have to be that way. With more, here's InfoTrack reporter Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. We're chatting with Lori Sackler. She's a certified financial planner and now the author of The M Word, the money talk every family needs to have about wealth and their financial future. Lori, many people are reluctant to discuss money with anyone, including their kids. Why is it so hard for people to talk about money? Well, the topic is a taboo and it continues to be an object of threat and control. And it just doesn't have to be that way. There are multiple and varied reasons from culture to gender to family history, but understanding what's interfering with your families having these important conversations is really critical. There's a 70% failure rate in transferring assets across generations, and breakdown in communication and trust is the primary reason. And failure is defined as loss of money, and it also includes loss of family relationships. Could you give us some examples of what are maybe the biggest problems that arise when families fail to talk about finances? The biggest problem is that they don't successfully execute transitions. And I identify five of them that are pretty basic in life. You know, changes in financial circumstances, which could be up or down, and how do you adapt to those changes? Remarriage, merging families, retirement planning, dealing with an aging loved one, and of course, estate transfers. And all of those, like any other transition or event that involves money in life, requires these conversations so that you will maintain family harmony and you'll keep your money intact. It's complicated, but what we're trying to do is avoid all these pitfalls. How much detail do you think parents need to get into when they're talking to their kids about their family finances? Well, it depends on the age and if the son or daughter is ready and responsible and can process the information in a mature way. And it's going to vary by age and it's going to vary by child. But typically what we're looking for ultimately is, you know, parents to share with them where are the basic documents located if something should happen to us. But more importantly, they need to share what roles or responsibilities family members may be playing and make sure they're comfortable with it. You know, this is a job. And if the person doesn't feel prepared to do it, you know, doesn't want to have that power of attorney or be the healthcare agent or a trustee or an executor, that's something that needs to be discussed. And of course, if there's conflict in the family about one person being chosen over another, that's also something that needs to be resolved. So ultimately, parents will need, depending on what stage they're in life and the individual child that's involved, But ultimately, they're going to have to share with them some financial information and prepare them. And it's a series of conversations. So it's probably going to happen over time. In your book, you outline five steps to engage in these conversations. Take us through those steps just briefly. Well, the first step is to identify the transition. So I I mentioned a few. And once you figure out, you know, look, Maybe mom's not feeling so good. You know, maybe she's been in and out of the hospital. We're worried about her health. And so caring for her is now an issue that the family has to address. And that is a transition point that will obviously inform you of the topics that will be discussed, both the financial and the physical health of the parent. And then the second would be what I call preparing the inner landscape. That's trying to figure out You know, what are the factors that are interfering with your families having this conversation? It could be 
roles that various members are playing that are creating control and trust issues. And I mentioned some others. So, you know, that's going to help you understand how you need to frame the conversation and some of the issues you're going to have to address. And then the third is preparing the outer landscape. You know, that's where you get into how do you actually have the conversation? And I talk about the what, who, when, where, why, and how. What's the, what's the transition? What's, what are the topics? Who needs to be, what family members need to be engaged in these conversation? Uh, when, when is the best time? It is not during the Christmas holidays or Thanksgiving or any other religious holiday where there's probably a lot of stress, including stressful travel. And where typically it's best to have in a place where people feel safe and secure. The why, you know, why is it so important? And that's a question that you asked earlier. You know, there's a risk of both, a, you know, physical and financial issues around this parent uh, in this particular example. And there's risk of loss of money and um, obviously, you know, declining health that you need to deal with. And also conflict within a family on how to deal with this issue. And, um, and then the fourth is what I call asking for help. That, you know, I have learned as a financial person, uh, having these conversations in families is so not easy. And people will break down, conversations will break down, people will go into their inner child, and it's really helpful to have a third party involved. And could be uh, Uncle Jim or another family member that people trust. It could be a very a close friend to the family, but someone who, it could be a, a professional advisor, an accountant attorney or a financial advisor, someone who has the knowledge and the skills and the ability to kind of help keep the conversations on track if in fact things start to break down. And then the last step is what I call repeat as necessary. My, I, what I do is urge the listener and the reader to come up with a process that works for them. And it's not going to be a one-time deal. You're going to have to think about it, create this discipline process, be very thoughtful about you how you approach this. And then you're going to have to obviously repeat as necessary because it's, it's, it's like going, to, you know, these are psychological issues. And it's much like going through therapy in a way because in a way you're dealing in, in a therapeutic way, trying to get people to make some important money decisions. And so I think it's helpful to have a defined process that's repeatable. And I think, you know, the other thing I would just remind when people are under stress, they oftentimes fail to make good decisions, carefully considering all the options and engaging the family members who need to be a part of the conversation. So my recommendation is to think this through in advance of crises and have a series of productive conversations. You will have a higher likelihood of success. And also, I actually find that families are, can be a lot healthier as a result of this process. So I'm, that's part of the reason I put it out there. Have you found most people repeat the financial mistakes that their parents committed, or do they come up with new ones of their own? In my research, I have found that many of the money decisions that people make are part of an historic pattern. There's a family money history. And a lot of people will pass this family money history down through the generations. These are generational behavior patterns around money. And they typically can be defined through money personalities that involve how you acquire, use, or manage money. And so the key here is to have awareness 
so that if in fact you came from a family where there wasn't a lot of good sound money-making decisions and conversations about it taking place you have the ability to change that family money history by first being aware and then carefully thinking about ways that you can orchestrate your family around good money decisions with conversations. Lori, what do you suggest is the first step to begin the dialogue about money for a family? Remember that there are some deeply rooted biases against us and having these conversations. It's clearly still a taboo and there's not a lot of widespread adoption taking place. So my sense is you want to approach this like you would a major job interview or dealing with a major presentation. It's more consequential and it's more psychologically filled with a lot of mind fields. So you want to make sure you think it through. And my best advice is if you think it's going to be difficult for you, get some help. Find somebody who can help you with the process. Lori Sackler, certified financial planner and author of The M Word, the money talk every family needs to have about wealth and their financial future. Lori, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. And that's it for this week's show. Our internet services are provided by Pair Networks. InfoTrack's executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitting. We hope you'll join us right here next week for another edition of InfoTrack.